Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we venture forth into the ethereal plane. Hey Brian. Hey Will. How are you doing today? I am well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well too. Yeah, good. We're, we've Thanksgiving it to him. We have. And now we're on that creep. We are in the creep, the Christmas yeah. creep. The Christmas. Well, it's, ho- it's the holiday season. Yep, holiday season. We celebrate Christmas. So, yeah, I yeah. do too. We're creeping. Yeah, we are creeping. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's holiday season and we decided to give the same gift every month or this month that we give every month to our patrons and that is to obey when they speak. Yes. <laughs> we have spent a lot of time on the planes of D&D, specifically the outer planes such as uh, the Abyss, the Nine Hells, uh, Celestia. And uh, they all get a ton of love on this show due to having an immense amount of monster lore, deity mythos, and whatnot. Um, the inner planes have gotten a fair share of love as well. Uh, Shadowfell and Feywild specifically mm-hmm. uh, probably get the most limelight for a lot of the same reasons as the outer planes. But we haven't spent very much time at all talking about the alternate or the alternate plane of existence most players and DMs will interact with first in their D and D experience. The ethereal plane. Yeah, the little overlay, little ghostly place. A little ghostly place. Yeah, one of the two transitive planes in the plane of existence in direct contact with the material plane in all places. Uh, spellcasters can interact with this plane as early as third level with the sea invisibility, sea invisibility spell. Uh, many monsters can slip in and out of the ethereal plane at will. Um, and adventures, uh, an adventure between the prime material plane and the inner planes will likely involve the ethereal as a transitional location for players to traverse. That's interesting. Yes. So uh, what is the ethereal plane? Well, let's get into it. It's the second eyeball on a reptile's eye. Or the set, not eyeball, eyelid. You know how reptiles, reptiles have two eyelids? They do. Yeah. So the ethereal plane is the one they can like still see through, like the oh the pseudo one. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. The material yeah, plane is the main outer eyelid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry for saying eyeball; it's confusing. It did confuse me. So a lot of reptiles do have two <laughs> eyeballs. <laughs> they do, in fact, most do. You're you're not wrong. I have a turtle. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Sound Good Inc. where you can see my turtle. Uh, I have a tortoise, and it does have two eyeballs, and it, it creeps me the f out when it does the solo blink. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, I know the, the one you're the talking about. The thin blink, you the know, thin, the thin membrane blink. I was like, you you didn't trust me enough to do a full blink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to it. Uh, the ethereal plane is a plane out of phase. It is a place of ghosts and monsters. It is right next to you, and you don't even see it unless you're a reptile. The ethereal <laughs> plane is a misty, fog-bound dimension. Travelers within the ethereal plane describe the plane as a collection of swirling mists and colorful fogs. Okay. Its quote-unquote shores, called the border border ethereal, overlap the material plane and the inner plane so that every location on those planes has a score corresponding location in the ethereal plane. Right. The ethereal plane seems almost a non-plane in that it is tightly wedded to the planes of the material and other inner planes. It can be thought of as a fourth physical dimension or a vibration slightly out of tune with the rest of the universe. That's interesting. I've never, ever thought of it uh, as colorful. 
Right. Ever. Me neither. Swirling mist, sure, but yeah. like I've always envisioned it in white scale or grayscale. Yes. Like the I hot, agree. white res grayscale, I guess. Like I, So from my reading, the 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 colorful part usually comes from um the in the deep ethereal when there are gates or barriers from uh, from the deep ethereal into another plane of existence, like I don't know the elemental plane of fire or the Feywild or whatever, the the fog gate will have a particular color that will let you. If you know, if you if you're in the know and you know, um, that color means this plane or this color means that plane. So um, interesting. Uh, Planescape diagrams it out, and I did not write down all the different colors, but but yeah, we'll get into that. Okay, I man, I gotta hold my um, I gotta hold on my questions back because like there's this is a world. Of D and D, I didn't know existed because spells just say like, "Oh, you blink to the ethereal plane and right. you fuck around in there for a little while and then you come back." I'm like, "Oh, cool! It's just like this weird like in between space that nobody gives a shit about." But the episode, this episode existing, suggests that there's much more than that going on. And uh, also, this episode existing uh, also implies that people do care because it's what the Patreons demanded. Yeah, I didn't. The Patreons. The, oh, the Patreons. You, you did, my bad. You, you I did. Committed I, a great. Crime. Oh God, I did a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> the patrons have demanded it. Though. The patrons have demanded it. Yes. So uh, where was I? The ethereal plane touches all the worlds of the prime, webbing them together. While the prime material plane is one plane, it's also subdivided into countless separate worlds contained within vast crystal spheres. Uh, conditions from world to world, sometimes very wildly. However, every world is considered part of the prime. So this is where we get into the multiverse, right? Um, Greyhawk is the prime material plane. Oh, I see. In its okay. space. In its and crystal I think, sphere. I think it's just called gray space. And then Toril is the prime material planet in its um, realm space. Mm -hmm. And then there's Kryn space, and there's supposed to be a space for every one of these. Right. And theoretically, we have like, sort of touched on this before. Right. Yeah. yeah. And theoretically, every D&D game is canonical, for it all exists in the multiverse. And yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Was that the Planescape thing? <laughs> Spelljammer. That's where Spelljammer. we kind of jumped Spelljammer into some of this, huh? Yeah. 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 Realm space. There you go. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and basically what it's saying here is every single one of these places is considered part of the same plane of existence, even though they're different universes, which is weird. Um but canonical and the ethereal plane thus touches them all. Like if the I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at this here shit. If you drew a line, this line represents like a horizontal line, this line represents the material plane. Mm -hmm. And if you draw circles, like consecutive circles across the line, mm -hmm. here are all of the different kinds of material planes there are. Right. They don't they move from exist, this line. They exist on this plane, yeah. but they're also separate from each other. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And then you can go down to the Nine Hells and bubble in. Like, here's the Nine Hells of Planescape or whatever. Mm -hmm. and there, yeah. 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 Although, I don't know, it, it's a little complicated because like in my ex readings on when it comes to Planescape and Greyhawk, it seems like it's the same Nine Hells. Oh. Oh. <sighs> And they treat it because they they'll talk about realm space, but they'll just talk about the nine hells. They won't talk about multiple different nine hells. So the vertical line that would correspond would yeah. bend to all coalesce together into some other planes. I well, guess. yes, except for that can't be the case because Asmodeus is treated differently in different settings. So, you know, if you pull, you start pulling out the thread, it it unravels for sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's like watching Loki. I I only made it halfway through the first season, so you got it. Then uh, all the Loki's show up and it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, sure. all the Asmos show up and they kill each other. Right. Oh God, war of the Asmos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no matter the number and size of the crystal spheres that make up the prime material plane, the border ethereal touches every portion of each crystal sphere. Whether or not the border touches areas on the prime between crystal spheres, sometimes called the phlogiston or phlogiston or Phlogiston. It's called phlogiston. phlogiston. I, I actually, this. I just watched a physics video where they were talking about the the old theories of phlogiston, and I was like, "That's how you say that word." Hey, that that's how it. you learn how to do word, how to say words. Is you have to hear them. But a lot of a lot of the stuff we do is just reading. Indeed, it's true. It's true. <laughs> so, uh, um, whether or not uh, the border touches areas on the uh, prime between crystal spheres, sometimes called the the phlogiston uh, or wild space, which is kind of a better. As, mm. as unclear. I like wild space. Yeah, wild space sounds cool. The material plane itself or corresponding inner plane the border ethereal touches is visible from the ethereal plane, but it appears muted and indistinct. Its colors blurred into each other and its edges turning fuzzy. 
Ethereal denizens watch the material plane as though viewing it through distorted and frosted glass. Ethereal observers can't discern precise details such as writing on a page, um, but it's easy to discern, discern faces and landmarks, however. Okay. It kind of reminds me of dreams. Um, I don't know if I've personally experienced this, but I always hear people can't write or read a thing in a dream. Mm. Like their eyes slide off the page or everything seems a little blurry. Does that happen to you? It's, I don't know. I'd like, so I don't know if I've talked about this on the show that I practiced lucid dreaming for a little while and was mm. like somewhat successful and was mm. like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this when I finally did one. <laughs> okay. I was like, sure. I don't know if I want to do this. Oh, okay. Um, and so I stopped, but like, if you're doing that, I could totally see you being able to read, read or write something. Right. Right. Well, which would be insane. Right. Like by normal, my normal dream standards, yeah. which is why I was like, I should maybe I shouldn't be doing this. This is did, a lot. Did things just become too vivid for you? So so vivid. Like I'd never dreamed in color before I started doing that. I don't think. Like uh, some people like dream in color, some people color? don't. Oh, yeah. you don't. Wow. Typically, it depends. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I definitely didn't. Wasn't sure if I did or not You're before that. And I was like, oh, right now. I mostly don't dream in color. That's interesting. Uh, and now I mostly do. I wonder why. Since I oh. most, I most when I do dream, it's in it's color. Changed. If I remember. Um, hmm. I have extremely vivid dreams, and I've always had extremely vivid, vivid dreams. I've also had, like, dreams that are, like, consecutive, like, I'll dream one night, and this portion of a story happens, and then I go to bed the next night, and it, we'll, we're continuing from where I left off, and we'll, we'll keep going from Ooh, there. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So, when I was a kid, I had really vivid dreams, yeah. and I, I think my pineal gland must have shut down or some crap, okay. you know, and then maybe I got punched by a crystal girl, and then now I, now I dream better. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dang that Himalayan pink salt candle holder my mom Got gave you. me that I put next to my bed finally <laughs> cracked the calcium off my third eye. This uh, episode took a weird turn. Let's get back to the airplane. <laughs> don't make me start talking about sacred geometry, Will. I don't, I don't want to. So while it is possible to see into the material plane from the ethereal plane, the ethereal plane is usually invisible to those on the material plane. Normally, creatures on the ethereal plane cannot attack creatures on the material plane and vice versa. So mm. um, the, uh, one can see the other. The other can't see the other. Neither can touch each other. Yeah, okay. Uh, but since seeing and hearing is otherwise normal on the ethereal plane, gaze and sonic attacks and abilities launched from the material plane can still affect ethereal creatures. Um, touch, smell, and taste do not reach between the planes. Does that make sense? So sonic, so what? No, so, yeah, it makes sense. The, the thing you said makes sense. The, the implication doesn't, though. Like, So if a harpy is singing its luring song and you can hear it on the ethereal plane, she might not know you're there, but you can fall prey to her luring song. Okay, yeah, all right. Makes sense, right? Sort of. If a Medusa's eyes stare into your eyes when she petrifying gazes, you will probably turn to stone? Yeah, now, but now you're just making me think of si like light and s sound and vibrations. That's true. Like, so they're linked, right? I don't know. So the air you breathe on the material plane is the air you breathe in the ethereal plane. Um, I don't think that's the case, and I I think this is where magic makes everything kind of weird because the idea here is like. With the ethereal plane, you can basically you can turn invisible and you can spy on people, right? Which means mm. you can hear them, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we know in our world that's sound waves. So, so the sound waves that are created in the material plane bump up against the weave, which is the layer in between <laughs> the planes, and then like a speaker affects the waves in the ethereal plane and amplifies them. Like you know, that's the best explanation I've heard thus far. <laughs> I that's all I can do with the way I know normal physics. Yeah, I know the I, wait, physics of light and sound better I, than probably. I don't know the else. fantasy physics of how it works. All I know fantasy is, physics. All I'm, I'm doing a fantasy physics right now. You are. Yeah. You are. All I know is the idea here is like, hey, if you could see the magical effect that fucks you up if you see it, it affects you. If you can hear the magical effect that fucks you up if you can hear it. It fucks you up. Yeah, if somebody at my table asked me why, you, you, the audience, just heard the bullshit I would have spot out yep. to make it make sense. A uh, Mr. Weave speaker. Yep, it's just how speakers work. <laughs> I like how the audio guy, you, you went <laughs> straight to the speaker. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. So on the other hand, a traveler on the ethereal plane is invisible, incorporeal, and utterly silent to someone on the material plane. Okay. 
This makes the ethereal plane very useful for reconnaissance, spying on opponents, and other occasions when it's handy to move around without being detected. Mm -hmm. The ethereal plane is mostly empty of structures and impediments. However, the plane has its own inhabitants. Some of these are other ethereal travelers, uh, but the ghosts found here pose a particular peril to those who walk the fog, as do monsters capable of entering this place, such as face spiders. Um, okay. You know what a face spider is, right? Phase spider. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think so. So this is the astral projection place. No, this is not the astral projection place. That's the astral plane, which is the, the astral plane is different. The astral the other, sea and yeah, it's all the that. other transitive plane. Oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> this is that's confusing. That part of it is confusing. <laughs> I we'll do an astral plane episode as well. Um, we touched on it when we did the Get the Yankee episode. I do remember that <clears> they. Surf upon the astral sea to come say hi. Yeah, to you. Well, they ride on dragons. So they also sail. They have the yeah the cool boats. boats. That's what I was. You know, saying I didn't see one of those on cool boats. It's a new thing I didn't three. expect you to say. Yeah, they ride red dragons. We had a whole episode where we talked about the the deal that uh, Gith uh, made with Tiamat, and then Vlakith betrayed Gith, but she still got in on the deal. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was That's a long time ago. Pretty cool though. <laughs> Gotta say that sounds fucking awesome. It's pretty awesome. So also yeah. bad. So sounds there's red. Bad. There's red dragon riders. You said uh, made a deal with Tiamat. Oh yeah. I, got I mean, Blackith is a monster, and uh, Gith wasn't a nice lady, and Tiamat is Tiamat. Yeah. And and you no, know I feel about Tiamat. and the Gith Yankee are space Nazis. So they are. They That's are. Right. They they're, are. Yeah. They're absolute warmongers out there. They are. Okay. Yeah. All right. Back to the ethereal plane. Yeah, huh. Outside of the rare denizen of the ethereal plane, there is no direct danger to general survival on the ethereal plane. The ethereal plane has a normal atmosphere, and inhabitants breathe normally here. Inhaled poisons and spells such as cloud kill, kill work on the ethereal plane. I don't know why, but they do. We could look okay. up the cloud kill spell. Maybe that's not true anymore. Maybe that was because, okay, I'll be honest. Most of this information came from second edition. Okay. So. There's going to be things that maybe aren't true, and I didn't go look up the Cloud Kill spell because I don't particularly care about the Cloud Kill spell. Okay, I'll look up the Cloud Kill spell since it has become relevant. Because now I'm curious. Yeah, um, so poison makes it. From from Cloud Kill spell. Let me see. Let me reread that. Uh, poison spells such as Cloud Yeah, it just says poison. So it, it might not even be in the Cloud Kill spell. It's just saying, like, poisonous clouds exist in both places simultaneously. Okay. Which... Okay, so why is why are people scratching their heads at the Gorgon then? Because remember, we just did the Gorgon episode. Yeah, its petrifying breath exists both on the ethereal plane and um, the material plane, which I think that would constitute a, that would that would be a poison or a cloud spell like cloud kill. If cloud kill works on the ethereal plane, why wouldn't the Gorgon's breath work? There's a there's a lore there's a canonical lore yeah, reason a, we're missing. Yeah, and somebody from fucking somebody in Castle Greyhawk when. <laughs> Gary Gygax fucking... Back in 1979. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to get one of those. Yeah. And you know what? I'll read it and I'll learn something. Absolutely. So thank you. And what we're saying is, please tell us because it's not apparent. I'm reading the Cloud Kill spell. I, it just says, make a big poison. Make it. That's all it says. However, there is no food or water other than what travelers bring with them. Someone trapped on the ethereal plane without a way out risks eventual starvation and dehydration. Okay. So characters can use the etherealness spell to enter the border ethereal. Uh, the plane shift spell allows transport to the border ethereal or deep ethereal. But unless the intended destination is a specific location or a teleportation circle, the point of arrival could be anywhere on the plane. The ethereal plane does not border upon uh, or in any way touch either the astral or any of the outer planes. So though there are portals that can exist between these places... Uh, but outside of these portals, one cannot enter the ethereal plane from an outer plane, and one cannot view an outer plane from the ethereal plane. Okay. It, it, sorry, I'm still on the last thing. It's not Googleable in the way that I'm approaching it to just quickly figure mm -hmm. out why poison shows up there like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just not like. It's just yeah, not, that's not. It's a, not low hanging fruit. <clears throat> it so is I, not. Tr I tried to avoid it, <clears throat> but we're gonna get it. So yeah, I'm sure. Please let us know. Um. So this. Begs the question, does the spell blink work if you're on an outer plane? Because, you know, theoretically, you're going to cast it when you're on the material plane. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> He's looking it up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Because I would, as the lore reads, I would rule no, it does not. Um, That's that's interesting because maybe because you're, you're getting this lore from previous edition. So, yeah. Uh, 
Although this lore still stands. Like the ethereal plane does not touch anything but the inner planes and the material plane. The elemental planes are debatable, but I rule that they do. Um, I would, <clears throat> as written, I would just rule that this works no matter what plane you're on because it doesn't say that you... It doesn't have a caveat. It doesn't say you can't. It just says you go to the ethereal... You're, you vanish from your current plane of existence and appear in the ethereal plane. So whatever plane you're on, this spell applies. It takes I get, you to the ethereal I guess, plane. I guess the main thing would be, okay, that happens, but where in the ethereal plane is up for debate, number one, and number two, you can't see what's going on back on the outer plane because they don't touch. Right. If you're The material plane is probably the safest place to jump in, in, and, out. in and out from. But if you're in, let's use the Nine Hells as another example, mm -hmm. What kind of creatures exist in that locale of the not, of the ethereal plane? Well, there is no locale of the ethereal plane in the Nine Hells. That's my point. So it's, you would have to jump. It would just jump you to the closest corresponding place. It, it would be a random location, and there are, I believe, there are random tables in the in the DMG. But Ooh. it would be random, either deep or it would. Ha it, it would probably have to be the deep ethereal if that would to go the shortest distance, right? Because the deep ethereal is that space that touches all all the inner planes which we're going to get to in a bit but um but yeah i i honestly i would rule blink doesn't work honestly but if if it did then you would have to go to a random ethereal location and you wouldn't be able to see what's going on i yeah back where the fight is i'd be fighting you on that as a player because <laughs> it, the spell as written says whatever plane you're it says specifically whatever plane you're on you are now in the it, okay plane. well then it would work but you wouldn't be able to see yeah, yeah, maybe that part yeah, you yeah. can you, like you can't you're in the spy here because plane, it's yeah. not here. Yeah. But you are in this one weird location where this other thing is happening. Exactly. You, know, you can do that yeah, stuff. Exactly. Or you can see nothing. Or yeah, nothing. Just fog, bro. Just fog. Yeah, you're at like uh yeah, I'm in the comments of the blink spell and it's it's kind of interesting. There's some good stuff in here, but yeah. nothing that's going to cue me into what exactly what we're talking about. Okay. There's a lot of questions about concentration, which that's fair. That's that is a that is fair. Aspect of spellcasting. The ethereal plane is divided into two distinct regions: the border ethereal, where the material and inner planes remain in constant contact with the transitive plane, and the deep ethereal, a swirling ocean of mists without landmarks or directional orientation. When travelers cross into the ethereal plane, they usually do so into the border ethereal. They and all their possessions are converted to their ethereal equivalents. Metal becomes ethereal metal. Flesh becomes ethereal flesh, and so on. This allows okay. for free movement in any direction through solid matter, through the solid matter of the adjacent plane. Since everything is permeated with ethereality, uh, an air-breathing creature can breathe ethereal air and cannot drown in the ethereal lake nor be crushed by an ethereal rock. Okay. However, cool. not all in the adjacent plane is insubstantial. Uh, certain dense metals, such as lead or gold, can prevent passage of ethereal matter, as can some magic spells and alchemical mixtures. Uh, we just talked about in the Gorgon episode, them using Gorgon blood to make walls right, uh, yeah. block off the ethereal plane uh, trespassers. Mm -hmm. um, living things larger than a one-celled animal generate an aura that radiates around them and prevents passage to their interior. So an ethereal traveler cannot place a weapon inside a living creature where it would materialize and cause damage. That would be bonkers. God, I can't imagine. That would be just horrific ways to <laughs> die. fucking horrifying. This is like a Jack the Ripper out there that's just putting fucking bricks inside of people. God, that's so horrible. Uh, a jungle or thick forest would be an extremely torturous maze to navigate in the ethereal plane because... Every plant, every bug, everything has this aura that you can't pass through. Yeah. Um. So you, it would be just be better to go under or over. Oh man, you can get in some fucking philosophical shit with this, like the 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 <clears throat> funguses that grow and like interweave the the like forest floors and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's you wouldn't be able to pass through it. It's a descriptive nightmare. It is a descriptive <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Um. But the thing is, in the ethereal plane, you could just fly, so you would fly over it. You know? Yeah, you can go above the canopy and yeah. and figure it out from there. But not if the thing you need is in the tree. <laughs> That's yeah. Speaking of floating and flying, uh, travel in the, in the ethereal is accomplished by force of will. You wish to go somewhere, and you do at your normal rate of movement. 
There is a sense of up and down due to the landmarks of the adjacent plane, but no real gravity exists on the ethereal. Uh, objects released from possession will hover where they are dropped, and it is impossible to fall in the ethereal. Okay, so, so you're the Green Lantern. You're the Green Lantern. Kinda. Yeah. Except yeah. for... You can't make bullshit. Exa yeah, that, and also, like, Green Lantern isn't able to just, like, place his, I don't know, sunglasses in midair, and then they float there for no reason. You That's know? true. He has um, to use his ring. Well, yeah. like, the the... You know, he uses his force of will to command his ring to do cool stuff. Yeah, so he, yeah. To you use your force some... of will. I wonder yeah. if you feel bad and you go to the ethereal plane, you can't move around, you know? Like, you're just like, I don't want to do shit today. And then you can't. Yeah, you just have no willpower. Yeah. I got no motivation, bro. This is the worst place to be right now. I bet if you went there, you could do you just anything. You start slowly sinking into the ground. You, I bet if you went there, you could do anything. Oh, yeah. You know it. You're just all willpower. All right, short rest time. Okay. It's the grand adventures of Ilian and Bian. Bian, please slow down. I can't. Woo! I can't keep up with you. My God, your constitution is so impressive. Thank you. Um, but you know, this seems this seems important. I don't think we've been I, we've I, been spotted yet. I know. I started this this run with gusto, but my God, uh, isn't there a cool? Magic spell I've heard of. It's like an expeditious sort of thing for people. Ah, trying, yes. Those are trying to get away. Expeditious go, retreat. That's the one. That's the one. Do you want to do one of those? A dash with a bonus action. Uh, Ooh, I don't know if that's worth worth the cost. Uh, there, Ben. That's you know you make a fine point because the whole it does slot. Look, there are oh. there are two folks up there that have been unidentified, yeah. and it seems like maybe maybe they're the ones that have been flipping mountains. Indeed, they two figures yet again. Yeah. They do look a little drab, don't they? Slightly familiar. Yes. It can't be coincidence. It can't be. No. No. They too are after the pendants. Plenty of patrons. They have to be. I thought we weren't calling it that anymore. Well, that's what it is when it's all together. Shard of... Now we have yes. but one shard of substantial supporters. And I... I feel as though there's another nearby. Do you think there's enough to go around for everybody? Or do we need... Because we have, go no, we have we, goals. We can't allow anyone else to have a single shot. No, no. because My gusto has been refilled. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a good old flipski. Flip yes. a ripski, yeah. Yes. It's hilarious. We really did spin that thing, huh? Yes, we flipped it right over. Just like, I didn't think it would work, honestly, but this thing is pretty strong. You know, we were just listening to the Netheril episode. It just seemed like the right thing to do. It really did. I just wanted the goats. There's a lot of goats. Did they all die? Yeah, what do you think happened to all those hippies making tandem bikes with this thing? Oh, yeah, they definitely died, too. Wow. That's what they get for using this fragment of fruitful funders on something so stupid. Is that what we're calling it? That's yes. pretty good. Yeah, I like the alliteration. I'm pretty expecting good. that yeah. out of you, Grom. Just come on top of, off the top of the dome, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You think we can take this back to the guys and they'll be able to use it to, you know, make more Oh, show? yeah, they definitely need it, man. They need yeah. it, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. More show, more show good. Can hey, you hear yelling? Yeah, I, I think I just heard something. Uh, oh. Hey. hey, hey, it's those guys. They're, yeah, they're running really fast. Wow. Especially the, the one, the shiny one. Yeah, the one that looks like Brian is just moving. He's going. Wow. That's not uh, not expecting that. Okay. Uh, hey. 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 Hi. Hi, guys. It's, it's them. Ilian. It's those guys. You foul warlocks have struck again. How dare you approach my arm. Shard of substantial supporters. Yeah. Uh, how dare you? And return it to us immediately. What, what are you talking about? This one's ours. We got here first. Yeah. Like, just, by the way, it's a fragment of fruitful fun. Fruit. No, God damn it. It's, it's, okay, I got it. It's a fragment of fruitful funders. Thank you. That's what it is. Yeah. And I don't know. What the Not thing, whatever stupid thing you yeah, said. Whatever bullshit you just said is dumb, and we don't like it. And no matter how much you look like our, our uh, the founders, okay? I don't, I don't care. I don't care. It's weird. It's weird that you're here again. I don't know who these funders or founders are of their, your warlock patrons, but I will not abide this. Not for an instant. Behold the power of my shard of substantial supporters. Oh, their thing is, their thing is doing that thing ours did earlier. It's, it, uh, now, but now ours is like kind of dim. It's not woo 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 wooing. <laughs> Um, hey, how are you making it do that? 
I am a wizard, and you will see the power that I can conjure upon thee. Oh, 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 it's waking up, it's waking up. Hey, I'm trying to, trying to leave my hand. What are you doing? You're pulling my shot away from me. You're pulling mine. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm we've returned indeed we have we're fucking back indeed i wonder what alien and beard got up to (laughs) maybe it was talking about power rangers holy shit me and will went on the craziest short rest tangent ever it it was not a short rest it It was a quite long one it was nothing to do with alien and beer because we don't do that till the end of the episode it was everything to do with scooby-doo and power rangers yeah so real quick watch scooby-doo guess who yeah apparently it's a really good show it's so good it's my favorite scooby-doo stuff i was telling will especially the episode with the flash indeed It's, it's there's a reason it's my kid's favorite for sure solid mark hamill's in a lot of them that's how it started. We started talking about Mark Hamill, and it just devolved. Mark Hamill's really cool. He's great. Uh, Ilian and Beer are really cool, and you can support them on patreon.com slash thedungeoncast. You will also support us by doing that, which is really fucking awesome, which is how this episode topic came into being. People Indeed. on our Patreon, patrons, not Patreons, <laughs> you really stepped in it, man. <laughs> 
My bad. This hasn't even dropped yet. I just know it's coming. <laughs> nah, just kidding. I'm the one that's going to blow you up the most about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> but um, what, what I was going to say was that people vote. They nominate and vote on yeah, they, topics they, they in suggest the topics community. and then and then we do a poll and they vote on those topics. Yeah, yeah. If you guys suggest episodes out there in the ether, mm-hmm. we uh we listen to you for sure. We definitely take it into consideration, but not not like this. Not <laughs> no, like- this we are beholden to. Yes. We are obligated. Obligated. I have yet to veto and never will veto. If it didn't happen in, for the Netheril, then it doesn't yeah, sound if like it it's was, happening. If it was going to happen or anything, it was going to be Netheril, and I yeah. didn't. So. Yeah. No, the Patreon topics have been really cool. This is probably, personally, my favorite so far is this. Just yeah. because of it's a big gap in my knowledge of ah, D&D. Yeah. Yeah. The Ethereal Plane's right there, right? Like It is. It's right there. Yeah. Your first wizard is going to be doing Ethereal Plane shit. Like, At, Isn't that spell rope trick? Isn't that actually, make a blink, pocket Ethereal Plane thing where the rope comes out uh, of? I don't know if it's Ethereal, but Blink is a level two spell, right? And that's, bam, we're already using Ethereal stuff. At yeah, level, that's probably that, the most three. popular one. Yeah. I think the Adventure Zone, they're doing Ethereal Plane stuff, but then they see some bullshit there and never go back. So it's like you get it a little bit of it, and yeah, then you, you get a taste. Yeah, and then <laughs> I think Griffin at the end was like, I was going to do more stuff there, but you guys fucking never went back. So, like, mailed. whatever. All right, well, speaking of getting back and going back to the Ethereal Plane, let's get back to it. Let's do it. <clears throat> so to get to another plane through the Ethereal Plane, oh, God, we're leaving. One must pass through a curtain of vaporous color into the deep ethereal. Mm. Visitors to the deep ethereal are engulfed by roiling mist. Scattered throughout the plane are curtains of vaporous color, and passing through a curtain leads a traveler to a region of the border ethereal connected to a specific inner plane, such as the material plane, the Feywild, or the Shadowfell. The color of the curtain indicates the plane whose border ethereal the curtain conceals. Um, There is a ethereal curtains table. Oh, that's Dungeon cool. Master's Guide. Okay. In the current iteration of the in Dungeon Master's Guide? In the current Master's iteration Guide? of the Dungeon Master's Guide, yes. Nice. Um, traveling through the Deep Ethereal to journey from one plane to another is unlike physical travel. Distance is meaningless, so although travelers feel as if they can move by a simple act of will, it's impossible to measure speed and hard to track the passage of time. Uh, a trip between planes through the Deep Ethereal takes 1d10 times 10 hours regardless of the origin and destination. Hmm. Metabolic and other natural processes processes slow down also. So 10 hours in the deep ethereal does not feel like 10 hours. When you cross back through a curtain into the border ethereal, you're only one hour older and one hour hungrier. I pulled up this um, ethereal curtains table. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Material yeah. plane is bright turquoise. Nice. Shadowfell. Black. Yeah, dusky gray. Oh, okay. Feywild opalescent gray. Yeah. Feywild opalescent white. Okay. Uh plane of air, pale blue. Mm-hmm. Plane of earth, reddish brown. Mm. Plane of green. You know? Yeah. I like the clay vibe here, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um plane of fire is oh yeah, because plane of earth isn't like trees and plants. No, like no, rocks. you're absolutely right. It is it is yes, it is that. I would have green would have been cool. Yeah. Uh plane of fire is orange and oh plane of water is green. What? okay. Well is, I guess is air we, blue? We used blue for air fey? and we used turquoise for material. White is fey. You know what? Fey should have been green. Yeah. Plane of water. You know? Yeah. And then the water could have been turquoise. The elemental chaos is a swirling mix of colors. You know, you could have fuck you could have fucked these up in lots of different ways. I think. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, they made a choice. They did, and they it was let's wrong. see if they stick to it with the Dungeon Master's Guide that comes out next year. Oh yeah, that's going to be a cool one. Yeah. So traveling through the deep ethereal. Oh, I, I read that. The lack of gravity paired with the absolute absence of sense of direction can lead to something called ether sickness. Oh. Uh, the first time a traveler spends more than one turn in the deep ethereal, they must make a saving throw versus paralyzation. These are two e rules. Um, I don't. So I guess in this case, you would just have them make a Constitution saving throw. Yeah, paralyzed is a. Um, oh, take a drink. <laughs> it's been a while. Do you have alcohol near you? Drink it all. I'm sorry. It's a game we play on the dungeon. <laughs> we cast don't usually record at this time. If Will's phone goes off during a recording. And even though he swore to me that his phone was off, that is an alarm for me to brush my son's teeth. Hey, I guess he's I guess he's gonna have a grimy mouth. And he's go, with oh, Mama right okay. now. He's fine. Good job, everybody. I'm glad that you're so focused on hygiene. 
I'm glad it's that, honestly. And now my phone went off, but it's silently. <laughs> the first time a traveler spends more than one turn in the deep ethereal, they must make a save over some paralyzation. So, I, yeah, I would transfer that to uh, in 5e to a con save. Uh, success indicates that their body has found their inner orientation and remains unfazed. Such a character need never check for ether sickness again. They got it. They're good. All right. Uh, failure means that they are unable to orient themselves with the swirling fogs and lack of direction and suffer a negative two penalty on all actions, including attack rolls, saving throws, and proficiency checks. 5e, I guess we just make that disadvantage mm -hmm. for as long as they remain in the deep ethereal. Okay. The deep ethereal swirls with large blobs of proto matter, which can form a demiplane when a critical size is reached. Powerful wizards, technologists, or demigods can also bend the proto matter to their will and create a demiplane. Uh, these nascent planes might exhibit some of the characteristics of the inner planes or the prime, but with their own rules of gravity, material makeup, etc., and even support life. Uh, most demiplanes eventually collapse into themselves or break up uh, or merge with another inner or prime material plane. What's that like when the demiplane just merges with the prime material plane? Is there an effect on the prime material? Like, there's got to be, right? Yeah, like a volcano <coughs> erupted and created like more land. And so, yeah, like, something like that. Is every volcano corresponding with this? Collision? Yeah, yeah. Is every volcano just uh, this happening? Um, but yeah, so there's proto matter. Uh, ether cyclones are a thing. An ether cyclone is a serpentine column that spins through the ethereal plane. Cyclones often appear abruptly, distorting and upro uprooting ethereal forms in its path and carrying the debris for leagues. Uh, travelers with a passive wisdom perception score of 15 or more receive 1d4 rounds of warning. This this is 5e rules, by the mm -hmm. way. Uh, a deep hum in the ethereal matter um, is the warning. So... Ooh, yeah. Okay. Travelers who can't reach a curtain or portal leading elsewhere suffer the cyclone's effect. Roll a d20 and consult the ether cyclone table to determine the effects on all creatures in the vicinity. This is really cool. I like the idea that maybe late campaign, if your planes of existence are in turmoil, that your ethereal plane has more bullshit going on mm -hmm. and you need to, like, if you do, like, blink over there or something like that, you might be subject to, like, you know, maybe how we were talking about, you get sent to a random ethereal plane location. It mm -hmm. could be bad there. And oh, yeah. you might be in danger now that you've blinked and maybe exactly. you need to drop that spell and not go there until you like, yeah, that it might be hard to access the ethereal plane late game because of the campaign reasons. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fun. The most common effect of an ether cyclone is to extend the duration of a journey. Each character in a group traveling together must make a DC 15 charisma saving throw. Wow. I think charisma is this force of will, right? Mm -hmm. That's how we move here. Um, if at least half the group succeeds, travel is delayed by 1d10 hours. Otherwise, the journey's travel time is doubled. Less often, a group is blown into the border ethereal of a random plane. So this could be kind of cool if you, you are like running a game that is a little loosey-goosey and it could go in any direction and you're not like married to some like campaign idea your your party goes through the, the border ethereal you decide like hey it's ether cyclone time make me <laughs> make a saving throw and they they end up rolling badly right and okay. now they were going to the Feywild, but now they're in the elemental plane of fire hell yeah good luck <laughs> that That'd be fun. I, I really want to do fire stuff in one of my games. Yeah. I have, uh, I've that been be working fun. on a campaign idea that focuses exclusively on the inner planes. That's cool. And the interconnectivity of the elemental planes and the Feywild and Shadowfell. Yeah. It's all um, right there, huh? Yeah. It's like, all right it's, there, it's right? Easy. Yeah. Like, I think too often, um, it's material plane stuff and then outer plane stuff. I mean, we got all these inner planes to work with, like, and they're, they're fun. So I have this idea of like a Nexus city. Um, I can't remember what I what I named it, but it basically it exists in a space between all the planes, much like Sigil exists at the center of the outer planes. Yeah, I was just about to this say one, it could be Sig Sigil. Yeah, exactly. Sigilium. Sigil. Yeah, and and essentially, like you know, you're basically you have access to any of these planes. So, as a DM, getting uh, your campaign to go to any of them is quite easy from the Nexus. So, That's cool. Yeah. I did a, a campaign where, um. The people on this piece of land, this piece of land gets ejected into the 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 plane of air. Oh shit! And it's floating, and the people on the this thing, the, the 
chunk of land is so big that people don't really know. Oh, so it's like a continent? Yeah. Okay. And they're... We got Final Fantasy 3 shit going on. Yeah, they just kind of like... There's a... There's like a brainwashing kind of thing going on too Uh where they just like, no, we don't go that way. Right. Like too far in any direction Mm -hmm. because we just don't. Like we we got everything we need, bro. Yeah. And then my players obviously are cracking the code. And then they're... they Wait, the the world has an edge. Yeah, they... There's a... There was a... I wanted to use like more dragon-y stuff. I was like, oh, we got a lung dragon... Like oh, nice. living in the bottom of the continent, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like shaved off down there, yeah, yeah. and they go down into the the landmass and find it. And he's like, "Oh, are the people? I've been asleep. Are the people like freaking upstairs? Out? Like, because I noticed we're not where we used to be like a while back." Right. And they're like, "Uh, what are you talking about?" And he's like, "You guys don't know. Nobody knows. I'm gonna go get Bahamut." <laughs> and then he leaves to go find Bahamut. Nice. And we didn't finish it, but it was going to be fun. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds great. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, tangent, tangent the episode. Yeah, very much so. Um, but that's okay. Um, where was I? Uh, Ethereal da, da, inhabitants. Ethereal inhabitants. Did I make it there? Oh no, no, I did quite make it there. Rarely, the cyclone tears a hole in the fabric of the plane and hurls the party into the astral plane. Oh, nice. Okay, so that's the other transitive yeah. plane. Mm-hmm. Cool. So ethereal inhabit inhabitants. The ethereal plane is much more populated than one would originally surmise. It boasts a great variety of natives as well as frequent travelers. Magical beasts such as the ethereal marauder, phase spider, and ethereal filcher uh, use the ethereal plane. Uh, these are not true outsiders, but rather material plane creatures that have adapted to use the ethereal plane to hunt prey. Uh, travelers to the ethereal plane include outsiders that have access to magic portals or curtains on to the ethereal plane. One great danger of the ethereal plane is ghosts, which often call this plane home. Uh, such creatures have a deep and abiding hatred of the living <laughs> and no love for those travelers who impinge upon their realms. That's weird. Um, yeah. Just because it is there a reason why it's ghosts? Um, it's like a cool place for it seems like a cool place for ghosts to be because it's kind of ghostly in its own. Well, I know on the ghost stat block that the ghost can slip in and out of the ethereal plane at will. So I think the idea here is uh, these ghosts, however they ended up becoming ghosts, un- unrestful spirits uh, with unfulfilled lives or whatever is the case, uh, have decided to spend their undeath in the ethereal plane. And they feel at home there. Kind of like you said, it's fitting, right? So mm. maybe they feel like this is our plane. Get out. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> that's the best I got. Sounds good. <laughs> They're just jealous. They're just jealous. That's kind of a ghost thing. I They're ha- just jealous. Yeah. There's a guy that had no a no. He got a no ragrets tattoo. A no no what? No ragrets. Is spelled oh. regrets wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen I think that. that's funny. There's probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be a cool ghost. Yeah, but you'd be a he great got ghost. a no. He got a no ragrets tattoo, and then he got like run over by a horse and carriage as he was leaving the par- the parlor. Yeah, he's a ghost. <laughs> Absolutely. He's got a no ragrats tattoo. So though most plants do not fare well on the ethereal plane, there is one exception in particular that stands out. The chrono lily. <laughs> okay. The chrono lily is a type of sentient flower that is native to the ethereal plane. The nectar of these curious flowers reveals images of the past, present, and future. Of course it does. <laughs> So chrono lilies are monstrous flowers that grow to almost 50 feet in diameter and are filled with golden nectar. They have a short stalk at the base with a thick stamen and a pistil in the center. Immediately surrounding the flowers is a large amount of small green leaves. Chrono lilies come in three different colors, violet, yellow, and orange. Violet chrono lilies reveal images of the present. Yellow shows images of the past, and orange shows scenes from the future. All images only last for 30 seconds, and no sound accompanies any of these images. Chrono lilies can grow in any solid material on the ethereal plane as long as they are exposed to some kind of light. They self-pollinate, shooting small black seeds. The flowers absorb all they need to survive from light, and their nectar, which tastes like honey, has been known to have been used for potions of clairvoyance. If a chrono lily is ever killed, they instantly decompose and release a poisonous cloud which envelops anything within 50 feet. Wow. Okay, I like chrono lilies a lot. Yeah, they're cool. These are really awesome. This is randomly the coolest thing about the episode. <laughs> That's why I included it. I was like, oh, those are cool. Yeah. Hey, here's a plane that looks mostly like snot. Also, here's a sick-ass flower in there. It doesn't look like snot. It's, it's just like clear gray, snot. Gray mists, right? Yeah. I don't get snot. I don't want to say the other oh, thing. Ectoplasm? Like, what were you? Uh, oh. Yeah, let's not. 
Um, Chrono Lilies. They're How many cool. times can I record the phrase "jizz gray" on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn! It. I've done it in multiple, in almost every show. Shadowfell and Hades, right? Oh, yeah, Hades I think in sure. F Bats too. Oh, you did, you did. And probably Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to our lore keeper and see if she remembers. Well, that's all I got on the ethereal plane, Brian. Thank you for saving me. Um, that's all I got too. Uh, any about thoughts? something else? Any any, any passing thoughts? You heard any? my passing all thoughts. All right, let's get ready for a long rest. Okay. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Long Rest. This is the part of the show of this particular episode where we are going to thank everyone who's coming on Patreon since our last recording session, uh, which was like late November, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we got uh, Steve Zdansiewicz. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Annual subscriber. Toan Lee. Thank you, Tuan Lee. Woo. Woo. Logan Lichtman. <laughs> Thank you, Logan. Uh, <laughs> I was like, fuck, what do I do with that one? Oh, I just repeat that. You just you. do air horns. <laughs> just air horns. Uh, okay. Uh, a slacker named Jack. Hey, he's back. Back again. Back, back again. Back again. Back again. Back again. Back again. <laughs> so, I feel like there are periods of the show where we're always shouting this dude out. Yeah, because he's coming back. Radical. <laughs> we'll do it. We will. <laughs> J.Q. Williams. Woo. Woo. Jake. J.Q. 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 Williams. J.Q. I was trying to discern what you had said. It was a J.Q. or is it Jake U. It says, Williams? It says J.Q. Williams. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Thanks, J.Q. Ryan Nelson. Thank you, Ryan. Annual subscriber. We got Profit 2.0. Thank you, Profit 2.0. We got Joe Brundage. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. We got Cinnamon. Thank you, Cinnamon. Thank you, Cinnamon. I don't know if you was I supposed to say cinnamon like normal? That's a Y. Maybe cinnamon. Right? Thank you, cinnamon. Thank you, cinnamon. Mm. I'll just say them both. I like names like that, like Marshmallow from Bob's Burgers. Why does that not ring a bell? No, don't worry about it. Okay. It's not something I want to talk about. Okay. This, we got more important things to talk <laughs> we about. We can't than keep talking about cartoons, Brian. It keeps coming up on the show. I love animated stuff. Me too. I do as well. David Jensen. Thank you, David. Annual subscriber. Mario Murray. Thank you, Mario. Or should I say Murray? It's Murray. It's got to be Murray. Right? Yeah, right. Okay. Woo. Woo. Walter Heiflick. Thank you, Walter. Or maybe it's Heiflitch. Heiflitch? Heiflick? I got nothing. I think I nailed Walter, though. That's yeah, pretty straight up. Woo. Woo. <laughs> Sarah Reyes. Thank you, Sarah. Annual subscriber. I have seen Sarah Reyes interacting a lot. So thanks, Sarah. I just, I've seen the name come up a bunch recently. Cool beans. Maybe she found us recently. They found us. Uh, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Perhaps it's Charlotte. Perhaps she's a spider. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. <laughs> nice. Charlotte's Web reference. It's pretty good. Hey, we're talking about cartoons. I've never heard that one before. I love that cartoon. What the, the movie? cartoon movie? Yeah, the animated movie. It, it kicks it is, ass. It is it's good. It's great. There's a neighbor across the street had a baby named him Charlotte. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I've always liked that name. There's a band called Good Charlotte. I don't like that band. They should have been called Bad Charlotte, according to Will. The worst Charlotte. <laughs> Subpar Charlotte. Deanna D. Shitty Charlotte. Sorry. What? <laughs> Go ahead. What? Deanna D. Thank you, Deanna D. Deannad. Dianad? Dianad. No, it's Deanna D. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you. Diana. Diana. Thank you. That's everybody. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for supporting us over on Patreon. Hey, we've got a, uh, a P.O. box. I checked it after a while and was kind of sad because nobody said anything. Except for, like, a... Uh, a Kickstarter project that we 
that took an ad out with us like years ago that that completed, completed. Yes. and sent us a very cool product. So uh, thank you to them. I had I had the book displayed out on the front of the YouTube area for this. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I see it there. Uh, like printer, printer ink games. Malfunctioning magic items. Yeah, malfunctioning magic items. And it also came with a, a very cool stack of like cards that have like the basic rules of combat or like paralysis, you know, things that should be available to reference during yeah, a game. Quickly, yes. Yeah. Um, very handy. And multiple <clears throat> copies for multiple players. They had like six copies of each card. They're like maybe six or seven cards in total. Uh, unique cards. Um, yeah. So, um, Thanks. What are we what are we doing? We got uh, social media that we can interact with you on. Oh, the PO box link is in the description below. We also have an email address, and, you know, and uh, we got social medias if you're trying to talk to us. Yeah, uh, Discord is probably the best bet if you're trying to talk directly to us. Uh, but we also exist on Instagram, on X, formerly known as Twitter, and uh, Mastodon, also Threads. So all the links for those are in the description. I haven't been nearly as active lately. I've been sick all November, and uh, October was big crunch time for some book stuff. But I'm going to try and be more active on there. Um, so, yeah, yeah, um, check us out. Yeah, I'm the amount of active I always am on Sound Good Inc. At, on Instagram. You can follow me there uh, and see my tortoise, uh, Dragon Turtle, um, whose gender has been confused many times. Well, no, you had it right the first time. Right? I had it right the first time, but that was like just a guess. Right, right. Yeah, it was just a guess. It was just a young a young boy just using the male like, you know, the yeah, male norm yeah, that yeah. I'd been indoctrinated. What did you, what was the original name? Tom. Tom. Tom the Turt. Tom the Turtle. And then I would call him Turtle Man for a long time. Um my son loves turtles as as do I and um he treats much like a pokemon he thinks they say their name and so he'll be like turtle 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 it's very <laughs> cute yeah we had a cookie decorating party here for jackson and or for my daughter and uh the turtle came out and every, all the kids were like what the fuck they lost their minds <laughs> yeah they're like what and i was like no everybody wash your hands it's a do not touch piece. your mouth yeah seriously oh yeah God, i forgot about that yeah i think everybody's cool that's good yeah <laughs> God, yeah, I didn't think about that. That'd be stressful. I, it was a little stressful, but I did put. Um, I tried to feed um, the turtle. I'm just gonna say the turtle from now on because the naming, the naming things all over the place. It, my kids' did great grandma it doesn't. Sal, Sal, we Salmon, Salmon, Sal, Sal. Nick called her. Nick called him Salbert, which is good. <laughs> I also. love that. That's great. Yeah, and then. Um, but Jackson's just like, yeah, he's a boy turtle, Sally. I'm like, that's valid also because that's, yeah, that's totally I let fine. her rename the turtle when we yeah, yeah, absolutely. readopted okay, the turtle. Okay, sorry. Uh, I know Sal is considered a, a, a male's name, right? Masculine, what it, yeah. What is it short for? What is Sal short for? That's a good Is it Salvador? Question. Probably. Or is it Sally? <laughs> <laughs> Now it's short for Sally. I think officially the turtle's name is still Sally. I mean, like, uh, yeah, whatever. Sally the dude. It's all good, dude. I don't know. I just pour love into the animal and hopefully that's, all that's that matters, enough. Bro. Yeah. That's all. It's not that, that important. Not to me. I mean, I don't know. Is it important to the turtle? I try to respect. I don't know. I, it is not important to the turtle. Let me tell you that right There's, now. The turtle I, does not care. You know, I've been doing my best to, to learn the things I need to learn and to hold myself accountable for treating people with respect Absolutely. and the way they would like. And I just, I don't know where the boundary falls for this turtle <laughs> and what I should be doing. So if anybody has some fucking PC... <laughs> PC corrections for me on this. I'd love to take them because the research, I don't know if it's there. I'm so. just telling you the turtle's name is Sally and it's okay. All right. I think it's fine. All right. I think we can call it Let's a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Weird episode. The Dungeon Cast. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I just heard something. Uh, oh, hey. Hey, hey, it's those. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.